You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter, Ian Brown. Ian, pitchers and catchers and you have reported to (laughs) Fort Myers, Florida for the beginning of spring training. I guess first off, we've seen Chris Sale in uniform here. You can check out video on MLB.com. We've seen Pablo Sandoval training at the complex in the cage, still looking great. Um, what are your first impressions of Fenway South so far this spring? Yeah, no, everybody, uh, you know, I think that this time of year, optimism reigns supreme. But, uh, you know, there are a couple of real reasons for optimism. You hit a couple of them. And you bring in Chris Dale, a five-time All-Star, uh, to an already pretty good team, and it's going to create excitement. And he couldn't help him. The first day I was here, which is uh, four or five days before the official uh, reporting date, you saw Sale throwing a side session alongside uh, Rick Porcello, last year's Cy Young winner, and David Price, uh, another five-time All-Star. So to see those three guys, uh, you know, throwing side by side by side, it kind of uh, brings to light what kind of pitching staff this team will have. And also, uh, I think it was that same day or maybe the day before, I saw Pablo Sandoval, and he just looks—I can't overstate it. The guy just looks tremendous. He looks like a different person, and it's clear he made some real uh, lifestyle changes. You know, the thing that was always a little misunderstood about Pablo was he was always a hard worker. He was always a guy who would, you know, put a lot of. Uh, sweat in the gym it was just that the, obviously the nutrition was the missing link there and uh, you know it's clear that he's taking that seriously this winter the way he's come in the way he looks right now all right so that's kind of the state of the team right now as far as our uh trip through the roster goes all we have left here is the bullpen so let's get into that a little bit um and obviously it starts with the closer craig kimbrell and he is what he is. He had some slip-ups in 2016, some some outings when you kind of scratched your head, and then you found out the, the he wasn't fully healthy at times. But then he was certainly his typical dominant self for much of the season. Uh, is that what we expect to see again in 2017? Is Craig Kimbrell going to be Craig Kimbrell? I think so. You know, again, it's just kind of much like David Price last year. I think just, uh, you know, the toxic targetedness of coming to Boston – and, uh, you know, dealing with all that for the first time, I think he's doing for a little bit of a loop. And like Price, he still uh, performed at pretty much a high level. It just wasn't quite what people were used to in the past. And, uh, you know, Kimbrell was a, a kind of a creature of habit. You know, this is the guy who was traded uh, right before the last season started in 2015 to the Padres. Then he had to get used to that. Then he came to Boston. So it's just kind of a tough year or two for him. But he looked totally settled now and fully expect that he will uh, have a big year for this team. So he's the closer. Uh, I guess there's somewhat of a question mark as far as setup man goes. I mean, they go out. Obviously, they trade for Tyler Thornburg from the Brewers, and he's a guy that has that kind of arm. Um, you have Joe Kelly. You, you have a lot of names there. Um, who do you see if you had to kind of handicap it right now? Who is the setup man? Is that why Thornburg's yeah. in, in Boston? Yeah, I mean, the reason they traded for Thornburg and they gave up Travis Shaw and some pretty decent prospects, uh, to get him is so he could pitch the eighth inning. So he did it last year in Milwaukee. Uh, he was very good at it. So if he pitches like that again, I would fully expect he will get the eighth inning. Then you have a pretty good uh, second uh, cast there with Joe Kelly, who just threw the heck out of the ball at the end of last year. Uh, Matt Barnes, kind of an underrated guy who you don't, you don't think of as much. And uh, Robbie Ross had a really good year last year. So, you uh, you know, you have some guys who can throw the baseball down there and that they feel uh, pretty good about. The Red Sox feel good about their bullpen because, look, they got a bunch of guys, four or five guys, who throw 95-plus. 
and uh, should be you know a very good bullpen. Yeah, you like to have those power arms down there. Now, Carson Smith was obviously a big addition a year ago uh, in the offseason, and then the Tommy John surgery comes, and, and they didn't have that guy. And there was definitely times in 2016 where you could tell that, hey, they had planned on having Carson Smith out there in the bullpen, and he wasn't there. Obviously, coming off Tommy John surgery is a tough thing that takes time. What kind of a timetable is he working on? With uh, with Carson Smith, yeah, I would expect June or July coming off the Tommy John. Uh, he is throwing the ball off flat ground right now. He's one of the first people who was at camp, and uh, you know they're just not going to rush him because they do have a good bullpen. So they'll make sure. But he can be a really good weapon for this team. Uh, you know, side you know, sidewinder with that funky motion. So I think he could you know really help them down the stretch. Yeah, that's a good point. He has such the the weird delivery, and I would think when you're coming back from from elbow surgery like that, and everyone that comes back from Tommy John surgery, it seems like the command, the control is kind of the last thing that comes. You get the arm strength, you get the velocity, but you can't quite control it. Here's a guy that has that funky delivery. Do you almost have to plan that maybe it might take him a little longer because of that? I don't know if there's any correlation there with delivery. I think you just kind of like any guy coming off Tommy John, you, know, you see how he responds. And Some guys it takes them 12 months, some guys it takes them 14, and uh, every case is different, and you just hope that he – is on the speedier side. I know he's worked really hard uh, to come back, so we can, uh, let's monitor it as it comes there with Carson. Now, Fernando Abad is a guy that they traded for at the deadline. Uh, he was dominant in Minnesota, especially um, as far as being a lefty guy, um, but he did, just didn't have that success once he came over to the Red Sox um, all the time. Um, what's, the, what's the expectation for him? Do the Red Sox still like what they traded for? Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, they're, they're going to have to evaluate that in spring training. And uh, you know, there's no guarantees to make this team because you look at uh, Robbie Scott, and this is a great story of a guy who came from independent league baseball, and uh, he pitched very well when he came up last year, uh, 27 years old, I think. But he's really driven to try to make the team, too. And, uh, you know, with arbitration guys, the salary is not guaranteed. So if they, if they don't like what they see from Fernando, uh, they could cut him loose. This is a really important spring spring training for Fernando to, to kind of prove that he can be that guy that he was uh, with Minnesota last year. Then I guess the other uh, factor that kind of goes into the bullpen equation is you have that battle for the sixth spot in the rotation, um, and, and somebody's going to lose out, or I guess the fourth and fifth spot in that rotation, but somebody's going to miss out. Uh, so does that throw another body into the bullpen, or does it depend on who loses that job for the fifth and fourth spots? Yeah, I mean, the first thing, Tim, you got to make sure all these guys get through healthy. You know, we looked at it on, uh, you know, on February 11th or 12th or whatever today is, and, you know, oh, how are we going to fit all these guys on these spots? Then, you get, then uh, two weeks later, somebody's going to have, a, you know, a shoulder soreness. Or, you know, I know Stephen Wright is still trying to make it back from that injury he had last year, and Drew Pomerantz had some, some elbow soreness at the end of the year. So you just, you know, you want to make it through healthy, and you hope that you have that glut where you're like, okay, we have to put a – uh, a Drew Pomerantz or an Eduardo Rodriguez or a Stephen Wright, we have to put one of these guys in that bullpen. Uh, that's a problem you really hope you do have because it means that all your pitchers are healthy. You mentioned Joe Kelly um, a little bit earlier, and here's a guy who was obviously a starter and at times a successful starter, and then it was kind of back and forth bullpen starter as far as his roles go. Um, being in a position where he knows he's set to pitch in the bullpen, that's going to be his job. How beneficial can that be for him instead of kind of wanting to be a starter but having to pitch out of the bullpen, just knowing his role? Yeah, I think it's very beneficial. And Joe, uh, 
I think he just looks a lot more comfortable. Uh, you know, Charles is a pretty uh, loose guy anyway, so he always seems comfortable. But uh, I think that it is going to help him knowing that, like, he can simplify things now. Like, just going to worry about locking down that seventh inning or that eighth inning or whatever it is and throwing the heck out of the ball. And uh, he doesn't have to think a lot now. And, uh, you know, he can basically be a two-pitch pitcher. So I think Joe Kelly is going to do very well. He was their best pitcher in that playoff series against Cleveland last year. He was the, the guy who performed the best in that whole series. So you hope that uh, he carries it over into this year. Yeah, and he's certainly uh, one of those guys that can add a couple ticks to an already impressive radar gun when he's coming out of the pen and, and really hit those upper 90s. Um, and you mentioned all the guys in that bullpen that can. It should be a strong bullpen. Of course, bullpens are kind of the toughest thing to figure out in baseball. But when you look around the American League, I mean, there's not too many on paper that are better than this Red Sox group. No, they they look really good. They have a lot of different ways you can attack. And like I said, the best part is all the, the hard throwers. You you can call on a guy to get a key strike out by first and third and one out. Uh, you know, and you're doing pretty good. And they haven't had that as much. You know, they had kind of a finesse bullpen with Toji and Tazawa and uh, Brad Ziegler and some of these guys. And now are they going to just go the more traditional way and, or the way that's been really uh, picking up steam the last few years? And just uh, guys that could really light up that radar gun. And it worked, uh, obviously, for the Royals. It's worked for the Cubs. It worked for Cleveland. So that seems to be a, a recipe for success these days. It should be a fun group to watch. All right, great stuff as always, Ian. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.